Welcome to River of Life Church Sermon of the Week. You'll be able to find all sermons and podcasts at our website at goriver.org forward slash media or other streaming platforms. To access all resources, visit us online at goriver.org. Now be equipped and encouraged by today's message. Okay, so since uh, January 1, as I said before, we have launched into what we're calling the 40-day communion feast. You'll see a slide up behind me. The 40-day communion feast. And um, <clears throat> so let me give just a quick little instruction on what we're doing. If you haven't been here the last few weeks, I know holidays have been crazy, is we have launched into this. You take communion on your own, okay, at your own home. Um, with every, every day, I'm just asking you to commit every day to take communion on your own. And that communion, your elements can be whatever they want to do. I just choose crackers and juice, but you can do whatever you want to do, okay? There's no power in the elements, there's power in the faith in, the, in, in what you're taking and what you're doing, okay, and the words you're speaking. So um, um, you take it however you want to choose to do it on your own and uh, for 40 days straight. And, and um, I believe that God is going to renew a passion in your heart for him through this. I feel very strongly about this, and you'll hear why in just a moment, why I launched into this this, uh, this coming year. Um, <clears throat> so what's going to happen with this is I, I like to personally, what I like to do is just stick my headphones in, listen to some worship music, take my communion um, with that. I've also following along a prayer journal. It's called The Power of Communion by Benny Johnson, B-E-N-I. Benny Johnson, The Power of Communion by Benny Johnson. You can purchase that on Amazon right now. It's not too late. You can you can go, I think, I think you can go to Barnes and Noble and go get it. I'm not 100% sure. Um, <clears throat> but this week in the church email, you'll see, um, April, just rem remind yourself this, um, you'll see a link there where you can go and purchase that communion, 40-day uh, communion uh, journal, prayer journal, if you wanna join along with us. That's what we'll be using. Now, um, every Wednesday, okay, every Wednesday at 6 a.m., I'm going to be having a devotional on our church online platform. Now, some of you have gone, I don't understand this. I'm trying to understand this, okay? Some of you be coming to church here forever and you go, we have church online? Yes, everybody, we have church online. Okay, we've, we've actually had church online since 2015. Okay, if you didn't know that. Um, when I first moved here, that was the first initiative that I did. So we have church online. You can find it on our website. There's a big button right at the top that says visit our church online page. You just click right there. It'll take you right to our church online platform. And right there every morning at 6 o'clock a.m., I'm going to have a devotional. Now, that devotion will stay up until the next Wednesday. Okay, does that make sense? So you can go back and watch it anytime you want to. You can go back and participate in it anytime you want to. It's your own pace, your own time. Um, but we're going to go through the four topics, which are healing, deliverance, warfare, and presence. And, um, and I just want to say, I want to say thanks to Sam Lester, who actually did this graphic. He did an amazing job on it. So um, it's really, really awesome for him to do that. But um, we're going to be focusing on those four topics, okay? And uh, um, um, so that's going to be coming up this coming Wednesday at 6 a.m. on our church online platform. Capiche? I don't know why I said that anyway. Okay, good. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about communion here for a moment because we're gonna end today with worship, okay? So I wanna, I wanna go through this here and try to get you out of here and turn to times. We're gonna end with worship today. Um, there's, a, there's a gentleman by the name of Lou Engel. Um, anybody know who that is? Yeah, Lou Engel is a uh, um, prayer, uh, prophetic person. He's been around for many, 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 many years. Um, has led many, many movements, has done many, many things. He's got a, 
He, he teaches, he trains, he, he, he has schools, he does, he's in connection with certain ministries kind of all over the world. And um, um, I'm gonna read to you a prophetic word that he shared in 2022, okay, in 2022. And um, this kind of, I, I've been kind of just marinating on this for about a year now, all right? And uh, kind of hearing the Lord of where he wants to take our church and where we're going with this. So this is what he said. As the earth shakes, where do we turn for unshakable hope? In the midst of wars and rumors of wars, where is the antidote to the rage and accusation, the scoffing and bitterness that permeates every level of society? Politics, religion, families. It seems everything in the earth is tearing itself apart. Who would agree with that? All creation groans for redemption. 2,000 years ago, the Apostle John saw a future time of war in the heavens when the accuser of the brethren would finally be thrown down. In that unique time, salvation would break out across the whole planet. And what was the secret? What are the saints doing in that time? The scripture promises that we will overcome, but only by the blood of the Lamb. That's in Revelation chapter 12. It is time we return to the power of the cross and the blood of the Lamb. We dare to believe that God is restoring lost biblical truths while also re releasing fresh new revelation to the church. Treasures both old and new, much which centers around the mystery of communion. A great communion revival. Say that with me. A great communion revival is beginning to baptize the people of God into the staggering triumph of Christ, healing hearts, awaking us to our place in the ancient cosmic war and releasing waves of mercy to challenge the powers in every realm on earth as it is in heaven. And this was the word from Lou Engel, and I believe that as we participate with what heaven's agenda is, I believe that we're going to center ourselves and align ourselves with where God wants to take the believers in this day and age. And let me just give you a foreshadow here of my message. It all centers around Christ. It doesn't center around your works. It doesn't center around what you can or can't do, although we're going to be talking about that a lot and unveiling what I believe God is going to move our church, specifically, I believe the capital C church as well, into in this time. You see, you have to understand something. When I, when I hear the Lord, when I'm preaching, when I'm, when I'm saying these things, I believe that God is speaking to the church globally, man. I believe that God is having a conversation right now with his church, amen? And it's just our responsibility to tune our ears and listen to what he's saying, to what he's saying. Because so many of us get so accustomed to being so consumer-driven that we forget that God is actually alive in our hearts, we rely on the pastor to teach us, to preach to us, to help us, to, to get us, and to get these places. I want you to know that we have to move past that, even though I thank you for that, but we have to move past that, and we've got to get to a place where we're growing, where we're going deep. And let me tell you one thing that's going to happen this year, and I believe as the coming years unfold, is going to be the power and the spirit of discernment is going to come upon the church in a greater way, in a greater revelation. Because we need discernment in these days, because everything is going to look like God. Everything is going to look like Jesus. But we need to discern who the real Jesus is. We saw it in scriptures all along. There'll be Christ and false Christ that will come up. Amen? Well, Christ simply just means the anointed one. So there's going to be a lot of people coming along the way claiming to be anointed, but really aren't anointed. Even though that their words may seem great, even though that they might seem this way, or even though that they might say some cool things that get your itching ears itching and you want to go scratch that, even though that might happen, make no mistake about it, guys. The people that claim to be anointed will not be anointed, and God will raise up the ones that's going to be anointed to lead into the next thing. 
Like I'm speaking heavy right now, guys, and I need you to understand and go with me on this, okay? You guys are amazing, and I know that your heart can be attuned to what the Spirit of God is doing. It's easy for believers to leave Jesus out of the traditional practices of communion, prayer, and baptism because it can be expected or it can be done routinely in our heart. So with that said, every week right here at River of Life Church, we're gonna be practicing communion for the next several weeks leading up to February 5th during our worship services. Every week we're gonna have communion available to you. Okay? Now, it'll be available for you to participate in worship time and it's gonna be located in the back of the worship center. So when you walk in, grab your elements, okay? And you take communion on your own during the worship time. All right? And you just kind of take it. You just kind of remember Jesus on your own. But I would love if all of us together make a commitment to a few things. If you're a regular, if you, if you are a member here, I want to encourage you to make it a priority to come to church every single day from now to February 5th. Pastor, you're asking, you're asking a lot of me. I want, to, I want you to commit to coming to church every Sunday. Every Sunday, I didn't mean every day. That would be a lot. <laughs> I don't want to be here that much, okay? But, but come here every Sunday, make a commitment every Sunday. If you're a member, official member, come here every Sunday from now until February 5th. I believe that God will honor that and shift something in your life if you do. Okay? If you're a regular attender and you just, and you come and you're not really like an official member, right? Still make the same commitment. And bring somebody with you so they can experience the goodness of God with you. Amen? All right. Got a lot of great things planned. I'm so excited about it. So let's break this down. Let's break down the what's and why's of communion real quick. So what is communion? What is communion? Mark chapter 14 Verse 22 through 25. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it'll be on the back screen. Mark chapter 14, verses 22 through 25. And it says this. And as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, and they all drank the cup and he had given them thanks. He gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Verse 25. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that, day, until that day when I drink it in the new kingdom of God. Okay, so communion first was set by the Lord for certain things, amen? Was set by the Lord for certain things. Number one, he said, this is my body. This is my body. Now, if we kind of rewind back a little bit into the Old Testament, it talks a little bit about the Israelites. Okay, so we're gonna kind of go back there. The Israelites during their time of the 40-day wilderness, which is so interesting to me because it really should have taken them 11 days to get to the promised land. It took them 40 years because they disobeyed God. Think about that for a moment. There's danger and delay. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Remember, delayed disobedience is still disobedience. What should have taken... The Israelites' 11-day journey to get to the promised land took them 40 years of wandering because they were afraid. They were afraid of what was going to happen. As a matter of fact, they were so afraid they even wanted to go back to Egypt. Isn't that interesting? 
They came out of captivity. They came out of freedom. And, but it wasn't, okay, I'm just going to make this a little bit more, maybe a little bit, there's, there's a little bit more heaviness to this than this, okay, but I'm going to make this a little bit more lighter. It, it wasn't necessarily what they wanted or expecting, so they said, no, you know, we had it really great back there. At least we had some meals. At least we had, you know, the occasional whipping. A case we had this going on, but there was structure, you know, there was, the, we want to go back there, all right? They had, did not have a vision for where God wanted to take them. And they just said, and God said, okay, well, if that's what you want, here's another year. Well, if that's what you want, here's some more. And 40 years later, finally, not even the generation that was supposed to go to the promised land finally went to the promised land. Right, but coming back to communion here, the Israelites would have manna fall from heaven that would eventually fade away, right? So the manna would be provided by God. They were asking Moses, Moses, please go and feed us. We're hungry. So we'd pray, and then manna would supernaturally fall on the ground. Now, I've never really had real manna before. If buffalo wings are manna, then I have. <laughs> but I've never really had real manna before. Um, I have seen it. I have whatever that looks like, right? And um, some say that after time and time and time and time and time, it just loses its whatever. Right, so you can see how people would get tired of just eating the same thing over and over and over again. I can understand the Israelites in that because sometimes some people in church like to do the same exact thing. They go, well, you know, the church just keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. I need something shiny and sparky. I'm going somewhere else. Not you guys, because you're awesome. See, the Israelites had this manna fall from heaven that would eventually fade away, but eventually it would rot. And it was substantial for the time being. It fed them. It provided. But that manna was not eternal. It was not eternal life. Jesus compared himself to the manna that fell in those days. And, but instead, he said in, six, in, 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 in chapter 6, he said that I am the bread of life. John chapter 6, he said, I am the bread of life. I am eternal life. If you eat of me, you will never grow hungry again. He was making the comparison of the things that happened with the Israelites to him now. He says, that was meant for a season, but I am meant for eternity. I am meant forever. See, when we talk about the body of Christ being compared to bread, it is the comparison that there is no life, true life, without being reborn and being renewed and being refilled with his spirit. That is the eternal bread that when we participate in communion, what we're saying is, I connect this body with eternal life. I connect this with eternal life. Not just his brokenness, but it's the eternal life that he provided for us on the cross. Because my friends, he will never, never, never let you go hungry again. Because with him, there is absolute satisfaction. And he said this, every time you take my body, remember that I am the bread of life and that without me, there is no life. Without me, there is no eternal life. Yes, you may find seasons of life, but just like the manna in the Israelites, if that's all you rely on, that, that life will eventually rot away, dry out, and it will no longer be tasting for you. And you'll constantly be chasing this idea of what you want without being settled in the eternal bread of life. Amen? 
Then he pointed to the cup. And he said, the cup resembles the blood of the new covenant. Of the new covenant. See, when we partake in the cup, we are remembering his new covenant to us. So let's explain a couple of things here. If there's a new covenant, there had to be an old covenant. Right? It's just kind of like prophets. Some people say in today's world that every prophet is a false prophet. Well, look, if there's going to be a bunch of false prophets, then there has to be real ones too. That's why we're having a prophetic conference, which I'm super excited about. Okay? If you don't know who Jason Upton is, go listen to his music right now. You'll be blown away. I promise you. It's going to be powerful, okay? Everyone needs to come to that. So what's the Old Covenant? Well, the Old Covenant, in just kind of condensed form, the Old Covenant was the Moses Covenant. It was the Moses Covenant to mankind, which made us pay for our sins through the act of blood sacrifice. That was the Old Covenant. So, for instance, um, um, I'll get to that in a second. Now, that's the Old Covenant. The New Covenant was established by Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice of sin. The only blood sacrifice no longer to have to go through a list of ways for forgiveness, but only through Christ's sacrifice once and for all. So we got a picture of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So here's what it means. In the Old Covenant, you would have to bring a spotless lamb or an unblemished animal to pay for your sins. I know it sounds brutal. Those were different times, okay? We, that, that's, how, that's how it was established. So you would bring an unblemished animal, a dove or a, a, something like that, mostly an unblemished a spotless lamb, a, a something like that, and then they would have to sacrifice that blood, and then the blood then would, would, would resemble the covering or the forgiveness of sin. Everybody tracking with me? Okay, now it, it's, it's hard to understand that because we don't understand that concept. But in those times, that was actually very normal ritual because that's how God established it for that to happen. The old covenant said, when you bring perfection, your sins will be forgiven. Come on. This is good. When you bring to me the perfected animal, the unblemished animal, then and only then will you find forgiveness. If you brought to the priest a blemished animal, he would reject it and your sins would not be forgiven. You guys with me? So when you brought perfection, your sins will be forgiven. Again, I know it sounds brutal, but that's how they communicated to God. Now, the new covenant comes along. Come on. Jesus came on the scene and he said about himself, I am perfection. He said, I am the perfect, spotless lamb of God. He said that about himself, which is why the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were Sadducee, the Pharisees, they all wanted to kill Jesus before his time because he was making claims about himself that he was this and they were living off the old covenant. When Jesus was trying to bring in a new way of thinking. It was actually the new covenant being introduced to man to bring one spotless lamb for the sins of mankind forever. 
So Jesus came on the scene, the perfect lamb of God, and he willingly gave up his life, come on, once and for all. That's the book of Colossians. Once and for all. He died for the sins of mankind. That through our faith in him, we are forgiven. We become, <laughs> we become through his sacrifice unblemished. No, you need to understand this. It's not just something I want to say. I want you to get it in your heart that no longer are you striving for perfection. In his blood, you are. Through him, you are. You may not feel like it, so get that lie out of your mind and start believing in the word of God that says that when you are in him, you are unblemished. Why? Not because of what you do, but because of what he's done. That's a good word. And then Jesus said, when you do this, when you take of the cup, remember, do this in remembrance of me. Remember the new covenant. So we're remembering the eternal life of the, blood, of, the, of, the, of the bread, okay? And we're remembering the new covenant of the blood. That through those two perfect things right there, I have eternal life and I am unblemished because of who he is and what he's done. So in essence, communion is more than just doing a religious act. And when we leave it to that, we can easily forget its meanings. His body, his body <laughs> equals the bread of life. So when we take his body, we're thanking him for eternity. We're thanking him for eternity. His blood is the new covenant. So I no longer, listen to me, I no longer have to pay for my own sin. Thank God. I no longer have to pay for my sin. He did it for me once and for all. Finished. When he said it is finished, it didn't mean a little bit. He said, no, it is finished. It's all done. See, every time, you can put this up, every time we take communion, we remind ourselves that the cross had the final word. Every time we take communion, we remind ourselves that the cross had the final word. So why communion? We talked about what, so why? This also has a very special mean, uh, com, uh, uh, meaning in communion as well. So verse 25, going back to Mark, it says, truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it in the new kingdom of God. Okay? We have to understand a few things about this verse. It actually has a double meaning. You guys ready? It actually has a double meaning. Number one, the kingdom of God does mean in heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go to heaven. How about you guys? Who's going with me? If you don't know for certain, right now is the time to find out. You just gotta say, Jesus, I wanna make sure I'm going to heaven. And they give your life to him. Boom, easy as that. I know it sounds, I'm making it a little bit more, you know, whatever. It may, it may sound meaningless, but really when the gospel isn't hard, it's not difficult to understand. He paid for your sin so you can believe in him and then live forever with him. Without that, you don't get to spend eternity in heaven with him. Plain and simple. Guys, guys got it? And the perfect opportunity is him just to lay it out for you and go, here's the two options, guys. Heaven or hell, you choose. Now, some people might say, well, you know, we can get on to, to all the, 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 the dogma and all the religious kind of stuff about hell. Well, hell, is it really real? Is it not real? I don't know about you. Right? And I'm not going to get into that. I just know that if it is, I don't want to go there. 
Despite what people might say, I'm just gonna go party in hell, you're not, you're gonna die forever. Eternal punishment is what it is. So we have to understand a few things. It's got this double meaning. So the kingdom of God does mean in heaven. It does mean that when we all get to heaven, we're all gonna sit together at the marriage supper of the lamb and remember his sacrifice together with all the apostles, think about this, with all the saints of old, Moses, all the patriarchs, your family members that have gone away, that have gone to heaven, every single one of them, we're gonna be sitting at the same table together, focusing on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus himself. We're all gonna be together, just eating, having a great time, hanging out, loving on God, all together, remembering the sacrifice that he paid for us. Do you know that the angels right now are still in awe of the sacrifice he paid for us? So when we begin to talk about the cross, when we begin to talk about the blood, and when we begin to talk about the bread of life, angels are attracted to that because they are surrounded going, we wanna know the mystery of the body. So they come and they participate in our midst. And I might sound a little weird to you, but I'm letting you know right now that there's angels in here right now going, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more, because they're enthused and they wanna know more about their creator, Jesus. Again, do you want to go to heaven? I do. Now, the second part of this verse is the meaning of this. Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 21 says, he's being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. And he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So it has a double meaning. Yes, the kingdom of heaven, far off. But it also means the kingdom of God here and now, in the midst of you. So the kingdom of God right now is in the midst of us. Because not only is the kingdom of God a future tense meaning, it is the present tense as well, the here and now. So when we participate in communion, what we're saying is this that Jesus is actually not just gonna wait for us to get to heaven to take communion, but he wants to do it right now with us. The right here, the right now. He wants to be in communion with you. He wants to be in communion with you because he is here, he is present. And it's notable that he is partaking this, he is partaking in this moment with his closest disciples when he's talking to these people. When he's talking about communion, the body, the blood, he's, 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 he's partaking it with his closest 12. And even in those closest 12, he knew that one of them was gonna betray him. See, Jesus lived a life of forgiveness. Even there, he said, Father, forgive Judas, for he knows not what he does. See, I believe God is gonna move in our church. Now I'm shifting gears. I believe God is gonna move in our church as we lean into him in communion and lean into each other, listen, in communion. When we commune, when we connect, when we sit together, when we come together, when we become a body of Christ strengthened by his bond, I believe that we're gonna see a mighty move of his presence and of his spirit. I believe God is gonna move in our church as we lean into him and live in the forgiveness and the unoffendable spirit that he desires to give to the capital C church. We have to live, listen to me, we have to live unoffendable. 
We have to live with forgiveness. We have to. We have to. We cannot move to the next place if we continue to harbor our righteous, dig, our righteous indignation. This thing inside of our hearts that always says that we're right. We have to release that and become humble servants and walk with him. We have to. I'm not saying being walked all over. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this. I'm saying move with the love of Jesus. And how do we do that? By communion, recognizing his body's blood, but also communion. You see what I'm saying? By communion with each other. It's gonna be extremely important the church grasps communion in the community. <laughs> Grasp communion within community. So we can practice discernment as we lean into each other as the body, as the big body of Christ. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come forward. We're gonna end here in just a moment with a time of worship. And as they're coming forward, just do your best not to pay attention to them. I felt very compelled this year to focus on communion as we uncover, which I believe is gonna be a very pivotal year for us as a church. Come on, I need you to hear me. Hear me, especially if you're a member, hear me. We're gonna be moving into a very pivotal year this year at a church, at a church. Moving into a destiny that God has set before us years ago. I want you to know, we're not taking 40 years to get to where God wants us to go. We're gonna make it in the 11. Ooh. Now hear me. As I was praying for us last year, the Lord renewed my vision and set a course for us, which I believe will transform our church into what he sees it. It will be the beginning Fresh starts and prophesying, a new beginning for many of us, but also a time where the old saints, the patriarchs of our church, have been praying for for years. I heard the Lord say, I'm moving. Are you ready to move with me? I see us moving into a place of revival. So with that said, I want to read to you a dream that someone sent me a few weeks ago. They used to come here to church years and years ago. Do you guys mind if I read that to you? I won't tell you who it is. But out of nowhere, I haven't talked to this person in years, years, probably five or six years. Out of nowhere, just sent me this message. And this is what they said. And I believe that this is where God has taken us and leading us. She says this, I'm sorry to message you so early, Pastor Jake, but I had a dream about River of Life and I wasn't gonna send it until I heard the Lord quite tell me very quite, quite loudly, don't you dare not send this to him. It's quite long, so I apologize ahead of time, but I had to include as much detail as I could that I could remember. I woke up abruptly from a dream early this morning. I had come up north to visit family. This is in her dream. and was so excited I had, I had an extra day before I had to head home. I knew immediately I wanted to spend my Sunday morning visiting the church. As I walked in the door, it was like a wall of God. It's hard to explain that any other way but it was him. Every, every single part of him was in every single part of the church. I headed into the worship center, was immediately greeted with the biggest hugs by old friends. At this point, I could barely stand. The presence of God was so heavy. The next thing I knew, I was walking towards the kids and youth area, and as soon as I entered the hallway, I was struck by what I could only describe as a waterfall of God's joy and love. There was a group of mostly adults circled around someone praying. At first, I assumed it was pre-service prayer, 
I kept walking and I felt God tell me to open my eyes and really look around. I vaguely remember rubbing my eyes and looking around and instantly I saw groups of every age all over the church praying. I had a feeling of excitement started to bubble up inside of me. I floated from group to group and room to room as I watched, watched people praying with such passion that they could barely speak a word of people would be healed of sickness. I don't remember the service or the sermon. Sorry, Pastor Jake, she says. But oh, man, do I remember God and how he was in that place. Then she said, I woke up and I was so excited and energized. God is really about to make this church overflow with him. And as we hear the word of the Lord, it's very important for us to hold these things, listen, to the fire and to the furnace of prayer. We have to hold this to the furnace of prayer. So let me just encourage you with something. We need to stop turning into customers and start turning into ministers. Now, that may resonate with some of you. For some of you, you go, what are you talking about? That's okay, you'll get it. God will, God will help you with that, okay? But I see the same thing. When I was praying for our church last year, I saw people just walking in, being hammered by God. I saw them coming in, people circling up and praying for healing. What's going on? This is weird. All over the place. So listen to me. Right now, I'm making a declaration that we're commissioning our church to be a revival center for this region. Now, you've heard me say this before, but listen, I really believe it's pivotal this year. I really do believe that. Something's gonna happen. Something is gonna take place. And the thing about the prophetic word is this, is that for years, so many times people say prophetic words and they don't come to fruition. Come on, it happens. And we get a little, uh, when's that gonna take place? If we faint not, the word will fit into its perfect place. So with that said, I want our church, like I said, come to church every Sunday for the next five weeks and let's see what God can do with your commitment. Let's see what God can do. And when he comes, I want you praying for people. I want you prophesying over people. I want you grouping up. I want you going out into the world. I want you doing it, man. God is going to move our church. We have to go. Because God's moving and we need to move with him. Because if we don't move, guess what? It's gonna be another 40 years till we experience something like this. And we ain't, I'm not down with that. I'm not. We're moving, who's with me? So, the way I wanna end service here for the next five minutes I heard the Lord very clearly say, I want you to call the church forward for more of him. So Levi, you can turn down the lights here for worship. And what I'm asking you is just stand with me. And I'm gonna put this call out here for you today as the team just leads us into the worship. But if you desire in your heart, if you desire in your heart for more of a focus, intentional focus on Jesus, okay? I'm gonna ask that no one flag Nobody do that. I want us all just to be focused, okay? I wanna invite you if you want just that focus and attention on Jesus. You might say to yourself, why do I have to do this? Because there's something about a prophetic act. When you step out in faith, God meets you in that, okay? So it's gonna get pretty crowded up here, but that's okay, squeeze in. If you're nervous, it's okay. You don't have to come up. But, but I wanna encourage you to do that. So I'm gonna call you this morning. 
If you say, you know what, I just want more of him this year more than anything else to be, my centered focus is Jesus. Just to come up here to the front, find a place, spread out all across the front, make it a prophetic act right now. Right now, every adult, every young person, doesn't matter. If you're saying, this is me, just get out of your seat. Come on, get up here and let's worship him. Come on, go for it, guys. Let's just worship him. And then Nicole's gonna come up here and close. Come on, church, let's worship. Come on.